Praise the Lord, everybody. Why don't we stand to our feet? Why don't we bless the Lord together and thank Him for His mercy and goodness? If you're joining us online, why don't you also just praise Him for His mercy and truth? Love Him just a moment. He's worthy. Hallelujah. God, we bless you and worship you. Hallelujah. Amen. And this being Father's Day to all of our fathers, I say to you, Happy Father's Day. Amen. And, uh, but to the heavenly Father, I wonder if we could just let him know how happy we are. Amen. We love you, Jesus. Amen. While you're standing, I'm going to go to the word of the Lord. We're going to be in Psalm 108. And I'm going to direct your attention to three different verses there and then uh, minister on what the Lord has given me to share. Welcome to all of you again, and if this is your first time, we greet and bless you and welcome you in today. Amen. Psalm 108, I'm going to read verse 1. It says, O oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise, even with my glory. Drop down to verse 7. God has spoken in His holiness. I will rejoice. And I'm just going to read that first part, and then drop down to verse 13. Through God we shall do valiantly, for He it is that shall tread down our enemies. Amen. And this morning, I'm going to preach on this subject and thought, a warrior's unshakable faith. Praise God. A warrior's unshakable faith. Let's pray together. Father, let the living word preach the written word today and make my tongue the pen of a ready writer. Open our understanding that we may comprehend Scripture and cause every hindrance to be rebuked in the name of Jesus. Let us be convicted and converted by your love and truth. And we pray all of this in the majestic name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you believe it, would you say amen? amen. You may be seated. Lord bless you. Psalm 108 is, as the inscription says, a song or psalm of David. The reason it could be either a song or a psalm is because God anointed David to combine the endings of Psalm 57 and Psalm 60 to create the 108th Psalm. Specifically, Psalm 57 verses 7 through 11 and Psalm 60 verses 5 through 12. If you were to go and look those up, you would see they are repeated, combined together as Psalm 108. However, what is noticeably missing from Psalm 57 and 60 is the lament portion. A lament psalm is those psalms in which the writer will, will lament because there's a, a, a struggle or a trial or, or, or they're depressed or discouraged and they'll lament for a few verses about that. Lamenting is okay, but Ironically and interestingly, in Psalm 108, there is no lamenting. It's just victory, 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 victory. Hallelujah. What it shows me is that by the time Psalm 108 is written, 
David has matured in his walk and his faith with God. Whatever the circumstance that surrounded Psalm 108, we don't know and he does not lament. Why? Because he has learned and he knows God is going to work it out. You see, the first time you go through something, it's easy to struggle and say, wow, is God going to come through this? But how many of you could just pause for a moment with me and begin to think back last year God did this and two years ago that and five years ago this and ten years ago that and you could begin to remember, well, you know what? He's done it here and He's done it there and He's done it here and He's the same yesterday, today, forever. And when you're in a new situation, you don't have to lament anymore. It's not that the, the problem isn't there. It's not that it's not real. You see, Psalm 108 reveals that David had some experiences that he can refer back to. And, and, and he recognized that because God did it before, God can do it again. And it's this realization that frames a warrior's unshakable faith. You see, David was a warrior throughout Scripture, almost the entirety of his life is, is framed by, by account after account of him being a warrior, even when nobody was looking. In fact, <laughs> that's why it all started the way it did, and that's why God chose him, because he was willing to protect his father's sheep when nobody else was looking. Ah, oh, my Lord. He was a man of war. He protected his father's sheep. He, he was a man of war. He stood up against Goliath, amen, for the cause of, of the one true living God, amen. And, and of course, we don't have time to go through them all, but time and time again, David is seen as a warrior. And by the time 108 is written, he has an unshakable faith in God. Earlier, excuse me, earlier psalms in David's life reveal a sense of fear and anxiety. But when he writes Psalm 108, he's learned that God cannot lie and that God never fails. And that as long as he, David, remains true to the one true God, that he, through God, will triumph over his enemies. Amen? Now, we can assume some of the history of Psalm 108 based upon using Psalms 57 and 60, but we really can't know for certain what the event was or who was rising up against David or Israel. And while we cannot know the history, we can see through this psalm a warrior's unshakable faith as he pens the words. And in fact, in my own imagination, and since I'm the one with the microphone, we'll just have to use mine right now. I can see that God whispered in the ear of David, because we know that all Scripture is given by God and inspiration of God, and holy men of old wrote while they were impressed upon God, right? Okay, so I, this, this is kind of the image I got, you know, uh, and we'll just assume David's right-handed, because I am, and so, and so he, he's, he's got his pen out, and whatever, whatever the situation is, he, he, here's the way Myron imagines it. So, so join me in my world for just a minute here. Hey, David, do you remember when I had you write Psalm 5760? Yeah, yeah, I remember that, Lord. I remember I was going through this, and I remember I was facing that. In Psalm 57, I was in that cave, and I was afraid, and I didn't know. And I, was, I, I didn't know if you were going to come through. And in and, and Psalm 60, I, I, I felt like I was just dry, and, and, and that there was no hope, Lord. And, and, 
What, what, do you remember, David, how I had you lament over that and you wrote that? Yeah, I remember that, Lord. I, I remember it really well. I remember the cause of that lament. And, do you also remember how I delivered you? Oh, oh yes, I do. Woo! I remember how you delivered me. Well, here's what I want you to do, David. And I'm going to have you write Psalm 108. Okay, okay. And, 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 and since your faith is unshakable and unwavering, I want you to combine just the victory parts of those two. Oh, Oh, okay. All right. So, all right. So that sounds good. And, 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 and I want you to write it for future generations because there's going to be a day I'm going to have a Myron up in a pulpit preaching and, and he's going to talk about it. Again, I told you it's my imagination. Just bear with me. Okay. When it's your turn to preach, it could be your imagination. Amen. But however it happened, he, re- oh, I wish somebody hear what I'm about to say. He reached back in to some experiences and and he drew some strength from what God has done before. I wonder if somebody could just think back with me for a moment to what God has done for you before, where where God has brought you from, where where God picked you up out of and, and realized that if he did it before, he could do it again. If he did it for you, he can do it for someone else. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now watch this. David did not deny the problem. I want to make that abundantly clear. I'm not preaching a message that you get up here today and deny that the problem exists. This isn't some crazy, kooky, mind over matter garbage. That's not what the Bible's about. But in this case, God wants David to realize, hey, I don't need to talk about the problem because God's greater than it. Hmm. Hallelujah. And just because he doesn't mention it doesn't mean it wasn't real. You see, earlier in David's life, when, he, when we first see him come on the scene, we don't see him going, okay, let me whip out my calculator here. Okay, that's a bear about eight feet tall, about 412 pounds, and uh, could probably rip me into shreds. He doesn't do any of that. All he sees is that bear is attacking my father's sheep. And a righteous indignation comes on him, and he aims that, you know, uh, slingshot, and he hits that bear and goes over and rips open its mouth and pulls out, does the same thing with the lion. He does the same thing with Goliath. He doesn't see this tall man. He sees that God is this massive, huge God. You know, David never called Goliath a giant. Uh, He didn't deny that there was a problem. He didn't deny that there was a valley he was going to have to go through. But he also did not deny that his God was greater than the problem. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, what I also wondered too, in, in my own little way of wondering and studying Scripture, he combines the victory portions of Psalm 57 and 60 together to create Psalm 108, and it it hit me. What if he's expecting a double portion in his current situation? What if he's reaching back and saying, now, now Lord, Psalm 57 was here in 1993, and, and Psalm 60 uh, was over here in 1996, and I'm, I'm, I'm extrapolating the victory portions because I want a double portion this time. Now, again, that's just my imagination, and that'll be in the MTP commentary. Amen. In fact, Danny, you can, you can put it in the redneck, you know, you know theological book you're going to write, too. And what, would, what was it, the DRT, the Danny's redneck, you know, whatever. Amen. So, so you, you can borrow it and put it in yours as well. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, so I just believe God was going to give him a double portion. 
Mm. You know what I feel in the Holy Ghost? I feel that there's some men and some women of God today that are reaching back to some experiences and God's saying, guess what I've got? I've got a double portion for you. You remember what I did here? You remember what I did there? Well, guess what? I'm about to do it again doubly. Oh, come on. Thank him for it. Hallelujah. So, so, so let me just talk a little bit about David's faith and a warrior's faith. He opens this psalm as he did in the portion of Psalm 57 by saying, Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise even with my glory. Awake, psaltery and hop. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing praises unto thee among the nations. For thy mercy is great above the heavens, and thy truth endureth under the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens, and thy glory above all the earth, that thy beloved may be delivered, save with thy right hand, and answer me. Hallelujah. Men of war, I want to address you today specifically and tell you that you can sing before the battle confident in victory through Jesus Christ. That's exactly what David did. We don't know what the battle was. We don't know who the enemy was. But what we do know was that he was saying, God, before the first arrow flies, before the first spear and javelin is thrown, before the first trumpet is blown, I'm going to sing a victory song because you've already, my God, I wish somebody would look at your situation and tell it today. I've got a song before the fight. I've got a song before the battle. Hey! Woo! His entire self, my heart is fixed, that the Hebrew language there, the strength of it, what he's saying was everything within me is fixed upon you, is firmly established in my confidence in you. I wonder if there would be some men of God that would rise up and say from the crown down, everything in me is confident in God. Hallelujah. My heart is fixed. Hallelujah. Some ancient warriors and armies would do what they call setting the battle in array. It would sound something like this. Really, it would. That's what it means. Or they would take the metal, you know, the, the, the steel sword and hit it against, especially if their shield was any kind of metal in it. You know, They would hit it together, and that sound would rumble throughout the countryside, and that was setting the battle in array. But in this case, David's not getting the warriors together to shout. He's not having them hit their swords and shields together to make noise. He's singing before the battle's ever started. And and, and again, in my imagination, I got a feeling he might have been outnumbered, kind of like giant was bigger than him. Kind of like Gideon and his 300 men and the innumerable, you know, Midianites. But how many of you know numbers don't mean anything to God? I mean, he can take a boy's lunch, feed 5,000 men, all the women and children, and then pick up 12 baskets of leftovers. You want to talk about some crazy, fuzzy math. Let me tell you, God, I don't know what kind of algebra or calculus that is, but God can do it. Hallelujah. Amen. The reason that a warrior can have this kind of faith and sing confidently. You ready for this? This is profound. 
Because God is worth putting confidence in. Why do I say that? Well, Zephaniah 3.5 tells me that he faileth not. That means he never fails. And Titus 1.2 says God cannot lie. So since he never fails and cannot lie, he's worth putting confidence in. Uh, we put our confidence in a whole lot of things in this world. I'm going to get on a plane Wednesday and I'm putting my confidence that the pilot knows what he's doing. I sure hope to God he does. And his co-pilot too. And a few others just in case. <laughs> Amen. We put our confidence in, in, in our job that they're going to get our paycheck when it comes Friday or whatever your payday is. We put, every one of you this morning, put your confidence in your keys and your ignition that when you turned it over, it was going to go vroom. And how many of you have ever turned it over and it hasn't gone vroom? You know, it's like click, 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 you know, or just, right? Nothing. Huh? We put our confidence in a lot of things. I can imagine some of those people in 1929 in October who had put their confidence in the stock market woke up and all of a sudden, boom, there's been a crash. But when you put your confidence in God, He never fails. He cannot lie. So you can put your faith firmly in Him. In fact, let me say it this way. You can put all your eggs of faith in God's basket and count your chickens before they hatch. Well, glory. He then begins to declare why he's putting his confidence. Lord, your mercy is so great it goes above the heavens. Your truth is so great it reaches beyond the clouds. Your glory is so vast it goes above all the earth. These are, these are words and statements to indicate that God is illimitable and immeasurable. You see, David gave us borders, clouds, heavens, earth, because we're finite and we understand borders. We don't understand eternity. We live, we die. The day begins, the day ends. I started preaching at 1030, it's 1047. We understand finite borders and, 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 and time constraints. And so David has to use this. But what he's really saying here is God is immeasurable. You can't find the end of God. Oh, that's why I can put my faith in him, David was saying. That's why his heart was fixed upon God. Hallelujah. If you've lived for God any length of time, then you know that God is consistent and constant. I'm going to keep saying it until he comes. God cannot lie, Titus 1-2. God never fails, Zephaniah 3-5. And I'll add another one. He'll never leave nor forsake, Hebrews 13-5. Others will lie. Others will fail. Others will forsake. But God cannot and never does those things. Therefore, you can fix your entire being on him and say, I'm trusting in him. I would love to stand here and tell you that in the almost 28 years of marriage, I've never failed my wife. I would love to tell you that in the, the years I've been a father, about 25 of them now, that I've never failed my children. But I can't say that. But I can tell my wife and I can tell my children that our heavenly father never fails. And even though their earthly father and earthly husband might make a mistake, God never fails. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. Praise God. 
when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. What's the Bible say? Anybody know the rest of it? Why? For thou art with me. That's why David could write that song. Amen. When you go through your valley of weeping, you don't have to be afraid because you can dig a well, the Lord says, that will sustain and strengthen you. Watch this. Faith in God does not necessarily remove you from the battlefield. But faith in God does guarantee that you'll win. Well, from February through April, we heard many testimonies of those in varying trials and tests, temptations. But what we heard over and again was that God delivered them out of them all, which is what Scripture says. In fact, Sister Dana, I, 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 was, I was typing my notes. I thought about you when you testified that Sunday. You said, and I'm in the hardest of trials now, but there's something different. I've got the peace of God to help me. And, and, and it's exactly what Psalm 108 is saying. David's not denying that there's a trial. He's not denying that there's a problem. What he's saying is, I've got peace. I can sing before the battle. I've got faith, and it's unshakable because God's never failed. Hallelujah. Well, let's talk a little bit then about a warrior's foundation. Verses 7 through 9. God hath spoken in his holiness. I will rejoice. Now he goes on to mention Shechem and Sukkoth and Gilead and Manasseh and Ephraim and a bunch of other places and Moab and Edom and Philistia. But I, I want to, for a moment, just to focus on that first phrase. God has spoken in his holiness. I will rejoice. God's holiness is the most mentioned attribute of God in the entire Bible. And David knows that when God speaks from His holiness or in His holiness, it's referring to two things. First, the God hath spoken part of the verse means that God's word is true and final. Remember Titus 1-2, God cannot lie? That, by the way, Titus 1-2 existed before Psalm 108. You know how I know that? Because the word was before all time. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. So before there was... <laughs> Before there's a David writing Psalm 108, there's also already a Titus 1-2 that God can't lie. See, we, we understand it. At, well, wait a minute. Titus is a thousand years after David. Yeah, well, in God's economy, that doesn't work that way. He's not bound. He already had it over here before time. Kind of like what you were preaching back to the men, uh, Pastor Lucas. And so when God speaks, that's his word. And, and since he can't lie... His word's true. And as Proverbs 30 says, every word of God is true. Wow. So, so God has spoken. I mean, you, you just stop right there. God spoke. Boom. Done. Over. But not just that. He spoke in his holiness. Well, what does this mean? I'm glad you asked. It means his throne room. Because the two cherubs that surround him day and night, that all they do is say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, 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 holy is the Lord. You know, Lady Justice, you know, has a, 
I think the, the, the lamp in one hand, right? And, and, and a book or something? Scales? Okay, yeah. Well, well, <clears throat> Lady Justice has that, and thank God for that, and she's blind, I think, or something. Anyway, but, but, but with, with, with God, he's got two cherubims. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. So when he speaks, he's speaking from his throne. Now watch this. When a king would speak, it was law and gospel throughout his kingdom. And if he sealed it with the royal decree of his reign, you, you could not undo. Now that's an earthly king. And all we have to look at is the story of Ruth and, and, and uh, uh, excuse me, of Esther rather. And you can see that reality. Ahasuerus had set forth the rule that the Jews would be killed on a certain day. And he could not undo it because it was a royal decree. So he had to make a separate decree through the wisdom of Mordecai that the Jews could defend themselves. Now, if we can understand it on the level of an earthly king, even our own president just recently signed in that now Juneteenth is a national holiday. That now becomes law because the president's signature and seal is upon it. If we can understand it in that regard, hmm. How much more is the word of the king of kings when he speaks in his holy? Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Now, now, notice with me, God hath spoken. Somebody say past tense. That means it's already done. See, see, this is what the devil does. He thinks that he has authority and power. He thinks he has it all wrapped up. And so God calls him in and says, we're going to have a meeting. The Bible says, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. That's not going to Charleston to get your favorite steak. That's a table of negotiation. Russell, can you be the devil for just a minute? No, just, you can stay there. You can stay there because you're at a table. So, there you go. There you go. Good devil. Now, remember, you're on a leash, devil. When he prepares a table, God is laying out the terms of war. Here's what I'm going to do. Um, no weapon formed against my people is going to prosper. Okay? And, and I spoke in my holiness, so it's already done. Okay? That's the terms of war. And by the way, I crushed your head at Calvary, and my people are going to crush your head when they get saved. Yep. So that's a term of war. Okay? You have to agree upon it. Sign right now. God has spoken in his holiness. David realized it's already done. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That's why he could praise God and sing a song. Before the battle ever started. Because God's already spoke. You ready for this? Some of you, God's already spoke his word to you. God's already, mm, you know what that means? Just because it hasn't happened yet. Just because you don't see it fulfilled yet. Doesn't mean you can't sing. Doesn't mean you can't shout. Doesn't mean you can't pray. Oh, hallelujah. I'm talking about a warrior's foundation. 
It's the very word of God. Hallelujah. It's why we preach from the word. It's why we teach from the word. It's why we read the word. It's why we love the word. It's why Bible quizzers memorize the word. Because the word is our foundation. Hallelujah. God, the only righteous judge, speaks in His holiness. And when He does, He's speaking from His sanctuary, His throne room. Hallelujah. But are you ready for this? The Bible says that we who are born again are born again of incorruptible seed. The very Word of God. Okay, you ready? Okay, you were the devil, now you're going to be a saved person, okay? Okay, the devil can't get the Holy Ghost, but you did. Hallelujah. But watch this. When David said God speaks in his holiness, Jesus hadn't come yet. Calvary hadn't happened yet. But after Calvary, we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. So when God speaks in his holiness, he's speaking in and through us. No, no, you didn't get it. Let me try that again. You're now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. When Isaiah saw his vision, the Lord high and lifted up, and his train filled. The train was, was the, the, the garments. If, if I defeated this king, I would take his garment and, and sew it on to the end of mine, and that king, and I would sew it on. His train, his garments of victory filled the temple. Mm. That's what Isaiah saw, a building, stone, and wood, and overlaid. But, oh. but you and I are the temple, and when we see the Lord high and lifted up, it's in us, and his strain and oh, his glory, his beauty, his victory fills us. That's why we get excited about the preached word of God. That's why we get excited about the teaching of the word of God because it's welling up within us like that fire shut up in our bones. It's the word of God. It's our foundation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I wish somebody right now would just speak in the Holy Ghost a word from the Lord over your situation. Come on. Come on. Declare that loved one. Declare his word over them. Say their name and declare his word of salvation. Say his name or her name and declare the word of healing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 The word of God is in us. And when God speaks in His holiness, He's speaking through us. Oh, hallelujah. That's why I love to pray in His Word. That's why I preach in His Word. Because a warrior's foundation is the Word of God. And His Word is the firmest foundation that we can build upon. Why? Because every word of God is pure and proves true and Scripture cannot be broken. God can't lie. He can't fail. It's without error. It transcends culture and generation and language and time. God speaks in His holiness. And now on the authority of the Word of God, 
I speak his word over you. I speak peace over you. I speak joy and hope over you. I speak healing and deliverance and salvation over you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I speak the word of God over this congregation in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. We've looked at a warrior's faith and a warrior's foundation, and for the last few minutes, I'm going to look at a warrior's fight. Verse 13 of Psalm 108 says, Through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. No matter who the battle was, no matter who the enemy was, Psalm 108 is clear. Victory belongs to God. We have to fight now and then. We have to pray and and labor in prayer. But the battle, the victory is already won by God and in Him. Amen. We just prayed and and some of you mentioned the prophecy of the word of the Lord over families and over our communities. Amen. And, and, And although we don't see the results just now, we're confident of victory through Him. Amen. And we'll fight on and we'll press on. Why? Because that's what a warrior does. A warrior presses on in prayer. He does not trust in human ingenuity because the Bible says in Psalm 108, vain is the help of man. Hallelujah. But through God, hallelujah, we will do valiantly. I'm not here telling you you need to pump iron. I'm not here telling you to get a gym membership. What I'm telling you is to get a word membership. What I am telling you is to start pumping the word of God in your life. Exercising your faith. Some men trust in horses and some in chariots. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When we pray, we'll pray in his name. When we preach, we'll preach in his name. When we witness, we'll witness in his name. Amen. The final verse of Psalm 108 links us to Genesis 3.15, pointing to the ultimate warrior, Jesus Christ, who bruised his heel while crushing the head of Satan. And as I said a moment ago, Romans says that we, too, will crush Satan under our feet. So I wonder if there's anybody that just wants to join me. I think we need to heal the devil. H-E-E-L, heal the devil. Anybody, anybody, anybody got a heal? Anybody got two? Anybody just want to stomp a little bit? Hallelujah. Anybody want to just remind the devil where he belongs? He don't belong on my shoulder. He don't belong in my church. He belongs under my feet. Trevor, I want you to post it, that we healed the devil today. Amen. Post it online. Amen. There was a healing service today at the Church of Omaha, and the devil has been healed. When we come back for second half and we start singing and every time you stomp those feet, every time you jump, and if you run an aisle or two, I want you to remember that's where he belongs. That's where he is. Through God, we shall do valiantly. Hallelujah. Woo. Praise God. Whatever the crisis was in Psalm 108, David drew strength by remembering what God had said 
and what God had done. Hallelujah. He reached back and recalled those past victories and received strength for his future and present victories, or battles, excuse me. I want to speak to all of our men right now. Whether or not you're a dad, you're a man of war. And I ask for just a moment your undivided attention. When Minister Kennedy approached me about changing our ministry name to Men of War and to use this weekend to launch a conference by the same name, I knew God was in favor of it and would bless it as we have seen men since Friday night. The prayer that broke out, the tongues and interpretation, the move of God yesterday, all has confirmed. I also knew God would be in favor of it because the Bible calls God a man of war. Exodus 15, 3 says, The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. I also knew God was in favor of it because when Joshua led the people of God into their promised, prophesied promised land, it was the men of war who led the march around Jericho for chapter 6, verse 3 of Joshua says, And ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once, thou shalt thou do six days. Therefore, our men's ministry is now men of war. And as Minister Kennedy explained Friday night, war stands for this. Men of war, W, we are true worshipers. Worshiping our Father in spirit and in truth. We'll pray, we'll shout, we'll dance, we'll leap, we'll bow, but we'll also live holy and live it daily. And that's true worship. A, men of war, we are uncompromisingly apostolic. Believing and earnestly contending for the faith which was once and for all delivered to the saints and remaining unshakable in that apostolic faith. And R, we are holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy, responsible, being credible and dependable and reliable and trustworthy in every stage of life, whether single or married, whether young or old, whether saint or preacher, we are the men that God has destined us to be. In the logo that was designed, the key verse stands out. It's the latter part of chapter 2, in the fir- or verse 2 in the first part of verse 3 of 1 Kings 2. Where it says, be strong thou, therefore, and show thyself a man. And keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways. And as we see in 1 Corinthians 16, watch ye stand fast, quit you like men. Be strong, and let all things be done with charity. These verses, along with Psalm 108, capture God's desire for men of war to be warriors with unshakable faith. As I bring this first half to a close, I wonder if I could have all the men, again, whether you're a dad or not, all the men, would you please come and stand around the front with me? And we're going to close with prayer as we close our first half before we take our break and come into second half. As you're coming, I want you to think of men like Joshua, David, Ethan, Asaph, Andrew, Peter, Paul, John, Demetrius, Simeon, Silas, and so many more that we could name from both Old or New Testaments. Men who had courage. Men who would stand for righteousness and truth. 
And so as I pray, would you pray with me now? Lord God, you are the ultimate man of war. And you've called us to be worshipers. You've called us to be apostolic and to be responsible. You've called us to be your ambassadors and kingdom priests in the earth today. And so we walk in your obedience. We walk in obedience to your word. And we pray for your anointing that we might testify and teach and proclaim and preach your word to others. And that you, Lord, would confirm your word with signs following. Open blinded eyes. Unstop deaf ears. Heal the broken hearted heal the sick deliver the tormented save the lost raise the dead and do these things through us your faithful bond servants we pray it we pray for unity we pray for strength and we pray God that our faith would be unshakable and having started strong we would finish faithful in the name of Jesus Christ and if you believe it men would you begin to lift your hands and proclaim it in Jesus' name over your life and over the lives of your brothers right now. Yes! Glory! As we start our second half in just a few minutes, here's what I'm asking from every one of you. As I told you earlier, when they set the battle in array, it was a victory shout. It was clanging those things. And so we don't have swords and shields, but we do have hands and we do have a mouth. And so when we begin second half and we start singing, I want the men today to lead the charge of praise and worship and set the battle in array. What do you say? Hallelujah. Glory. Praise God. God bless you in Jesus' name. Let's be the church. And let's take our break and come back. Be here on time at 1120 as we start our second half.